You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Father, take it away. Yes, good morning again, everyone. This is Father Gregory Luger at St. Joseph's Catholic Church in Williston. I'm here with Lori Leffer. And for our final two segments here, we have uh, Sister Chiara and Father Nick Schneider from Christ the King Catholic School in Mandan. And good morning. Good morning. Good morning, Father. Always good to talk with you. Always a pleasure. So tell us a little bit about the Servants of the Children of Light. Uh, Who are they and what do they do? Well, the Servants of the Children of Light are a new public association of the Christian Faithful for Women in the Diocese of Bismarck. Um, Our good Bishop Kagan erected the public association October 1st of 2020. And so we are really um, women who are dedicated to a life of Christian Wonderful, wonderful. And you know, I think both aspects of your charism have been so needed in our diocese, which I think our good bishop has seen uh, very clearly. I know for my own part, I know that there's been a lot of young women who have greatly desired to have a women's religious order in their own communities. And then, you know, there's no, there's no shortage, or I should say there's always a great need uh, for great Catholic teachers out there. And so, um, uh, you say that part of your charism is to serve Christ in the child. Uh, could you explain that to us a little bit? And what do you mean by that, etc.? Yeah, so in, uh, in the Gospels, our Lord um, gives a teaching about, um, we've, we've kind of taken up the term works of mercy, you know, but he says, you know, whenever you um, give food to the hungry or whenever you give drink to the thirsty, whenever you give housing to the homeless, um, whenever, uh, uh, you know, whenever you do any of these things to the least, um, you do it to me. And so um, picking up on that um, tradition of the works of mercy teaching, you know, has always been um, considered a work of mercy. So we, we really believe that... Um, when we are, are giving instruction to children, um, that that we're really doing it for Christ. You know, that we're seeking to find Christ within the in the child. He really dwells in all of us. And um, you know, another way to think about it would be this beautiful teaching from Mother Teresa. You know, they asked her what what her mission was, and she said, "Well, we serve Christ in the distressing disguise of the poor." And uh, hopefully, Christ disguising children isn't as distressing as, as it sometimes <laughs> is in the poor. But uh, but but certainly, you know, He is present in the children. He speaks through them, and so we're seeking to serve Him in them. Wonderful, wonderful. Now, how do you really prepare spiritually? You know, to really carry out that mission. Now, it's one thing, of course, to say, "Yes, of course, I'm gonna I'm gonna seek Christ in this child," uh, but what really goes into, I mean, having been a teacher myself, I know there's all the daily preparation just for uh, the lesson planning in and of itself. But of course, we know that as Catholic educators, there's a spiritual aspect that goes into that as well. And so how do you prepare spiritually to really be this, this Catholic teacher who serves to serve Christ uh, in these children? Well, I can, I can make, 
Go ahead, sister. Um, I do. I, I love Saint Augustine. You know, as you know, there's, um, you know, he who teaches within, and so really to honor Christ in the child, to put before your mind always that I am here, here as a servant, here as children, um, but also to remember that you know he, he's present in them, and so I have to also carry him within me to be able to give him to the children, um, and so also to help the children. Really, to put themselves in this context with Christ, to be them all, and so to be, I guess, co-listeners to what the Holy Spirit is doing um, in the child and in me, and then allowing uh, that relationship to flourish into the Montessori education. Father? Yeah, well, I would, I would um, echo what Sister said, and and perhaps even add to it. You know, Maria said that the two vices that adults have towards children are anger and impatience. And I think every parent in the world knows that that's true. <laughs> so she says, she says that, she says that to, um, to really um, do this great work from a spiritual standpoint is to be purified, you know, to, to really seek to root out anger and to root out impatience. And I have to say... That in my experience with the children, that when I can fight against, you know, the instinctive sometimes impulse of impatience and, and allow the child to have the space that they need, that boy, new, new blossoms begin to, let's say, bud on the vine of the children. It's, it's remarkable. Beautiful, beautiful. Now, uh, you mentioned uh, Maria Montessori. Now, obviously, that is a very uh, uh, particular you know, type of education, for lack of a better term. Um, could you say a little bit about what Montessori education really is? Sure. It's, um, so Maria Montessori was um, an Italian medical doctor, and um, she began her work actually with special needs children, we would call them today. And um, eventually... Uh, she had an opportunity to work with, um, you know, let's say um, children with normal mental capacity, and she found that the materials she was using to help the um, special needs children um, learn, when she used them with children of normal capacities, they actually were able to teach themselves in many ways through presenting the materials and and giving them an environment to work in that um, that they were able to. Uh, really to educate themselves. And so, you know, a few principles of Montessori education um, are freedom of movement, um, uh, choice, that the children have some choice in their education, um, that the the whole of the universe is presented to even the youngest child so that, you know, there's not a, a limiting or a restricting of, of how much they have available to them. You know, and, and we see that even very young children are capable of, of geometry and higher level mathematics and, and all kinds of wonderful things and so on and and another thing that's that's interesting is her method um, always has um, some sort of a material that has a, a, a presentation that's that's very structured and then a word that goes along with it and, and later in her life she said that she was deeply influenced by the Catholic liturgy you know she was a devout Catholic herself in, in the development of her method, and you see in the liturgy that there is 
some sort of a really structured ritual action mm-hmm. along with the word and as as St Augustine says you know that the word comes upon the matter and makes a sacrament and there's something um akin to that in the way the Montessori method works interesting interesting yes now uh, today, uh, just a segue off of your, your comment about the liturgy, uh, today, as you're well aware, is the traditional feast day of Epiphany. Um, so why is it that um, this particular feast day is important for you and for, um, for this community and your school? The first day that Maria Montessori began uh, her first um, children's house, so she opened it in a poor area in Rome. And the children's house she specifically had designed for children about ages two to six. And it's really called the children's house because it really was supposed to be uh, like their home, where everything was made for them at their height, um, at their level. And it's really, you could say, really the beginning of Montessori. Um, as you know, and so we've taken this as our primary outreach for the community, uh, really to honor her and um, to honor uh, the different works that began on this day of life. Thank you, sister. That that's wonderful. Um, we have come to the point where we're going to take a quick break. So everybody that's joining us out there for listening to Real Presence Live Radio, thank you at this time. And uh, any of you that are um, just tuning in and uh, catching us just by scanning the the radio waves um we are your catholic radio station.com or you can catch us on the app um so at this time we're going to go ahead and go to a break and we will be right back to explain a little bit more about this um education style montessori style with the children of light This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. SJ Machine, proudly named after and dedicated to St. Joseph, provides quality machining and induction heat treating to a variety of industries. Just as St. Joseph worked diligently to meet his family's needs, SJ Machine strives to understand and meet your production needs. Prototype to production, working together toward success. SJ Machine can be reached at 701-347-0155 and are a proud supporter of the Real Presence Radio Network. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street, in the new Diocesan Building, or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, the Director of Advancements for Real Presence Radio with today's Plan Giving Minute. Philanthropy is an expression of your generosity with the understanding that your gift to the church will make a difference. There are many ways in which you can make a gift to further God's work. 
Most of us are familiar with cash gifts we give regularly to Real Presence Radio. However, another way of contributing is through plan giving, which may allow you to give more than you've ever dreamed possible. The goal of plan giving is to help you plan your estate and charitable giving in a way that benefits you, your family, and our mission. There are several ways you can make these planned gifts and enjoy tax and income benefits. For more information, please visit our planned giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Good morning again. This is Father Gregory Luger, the associate at St. Joseph's Parish in Williston. I'm here with Lori Leffer on Real Presence Radio. And our guests again are Sister Chiara Therese and Father Nick Schneider with Christ the King Catholic School in Mandan. Now, before the break, Sister, you were telling us uh, a little bit as to why um, the Feast of Epiphany is so important for you and for your community and for your school. And if you could say a little more about that. Sure. So the Feast of Epiphany in 1907 uh, was when Maria Montessori began her first children's house in Rome. So you could say that it was the beginning of Montessori education as we know it today. Uh, and it was really beautiful because she started with uh, very, very little in a poor um, quarters of Rome uh, with children who were had no place to go while their parents were working during the day. And so uh, she took them in, and she created a space just for them, and that's why it's called the Children's House, because it's really their home. And so it was uh, children about ages three to six, and there she instructed them. Um, and so that, that's why today becomes, for us, one of the greatest feast days. Wonderful, wonderful. Now, one question I have is just, again, getting back to Montessori education in particular. Uh, we know, of course, that as human beings, we are creatures of habit, and we really uh, take our standard education system for granted. And I think many would be tempted to say, you know, why do I need to do this different thing? Why don't I just stick them in a uh, traditional classroom? And so uh, what would you say to, to that question? You know, what really is the benefit of Montessori education and Christ the King School in particular? Well, one of the things that I always say to that question is, is to come and see. And unfortunately, with all of the restrictions of, of COVID right now, you know, we aren't concerned at welcoming uh, observers in our school. But I think, um, you know, like when you look at the nature of, of a child, um, uh, you know, uh, some of the things that we, that we often ask children to do, um, they don't fit their nature. You know, asking a child to sit still for several hours and listen to someone, you know, speak at them, it, it doesn't fit their nature. And I think that's what Maria Montessori began with is she was a scientist first, and she started to ask the question, what is a child? What's unique about a child? What are the um, human tendencies that are exhibited in children? Um, what are the unique characteristics of different ages of childhood? And how do we then create an environment that feeds um, children at each of those stages? And so if you, you know, um, 
Montessori's Montessori's method really is the one educational method that um, is is consistent, you know, because it's scientific from birth all the way up until um, college, really, um, and yet is unique and different at each age as children continue to grow and develop, and it really meets the developmental characteristics of children at each stage. Interesting, interesting. Very good, very good. Now, another question I have for you guys, um, this uh, actually goes back to your uh, community uh, in particular. Of course, for the general lay faithful, uh, they just, I think they think of none in a general, general category. Um, and so, how would your community be similar and different uh, from other communities such as the Benedictines, the Carmelites, or maybe a better way of posing it, you know, what is your particular you know, structure of life, your orarium, uh, your prayer life, etc.? Yes, so um, of course we know that all religious um, orders are those who are in the process of becoming such as we are, um, God willing, one day. Um, you uh, profess the evangelical council, so that is something that would be constant across um, all different charisms, um, charism being, you know, of course, the gift of the Holy Spirit, and so those of poverty, chastity, and obedience. And then as the servants of the children of light, we have a special fourth vow, which, uh, as what Father Schneider had explained, to honor Christ in the child. Uh, and then also uh, some, some things that um, are probably similar to all different uh, religious orders, again, are, you know, habitual prayer, of course, as a community, so... Um, we love to sing the office in Gregorian chant when we're able to, so that's something particular of our community. Um, of course, we also take from the great um, tradition of Lectio Divina, which our Benedictines, uh, human the diocese especially, um, have come to love and know that prayer, so we draw strength and fruit from meditating upon Scripture. And of course, we also have our apostolate, because we are an active order in the sense that we're not cloistered or contemplative, like uh, perhaps we remember the Carmelites in Hag. Uh, and mm -hmm. so our apostolate, um, of course, has a very important role in our life, but most important would be, of course, our life of prayer um, with the Divine Office, the Liturgy of the Hours, um, and Lectio Divina especially, um, and then just our moments of silence in community, of sharing of fraternal meals, and as most um, communities also have, you know, moments of recreation and time spent together. Wonderful. And now, obviously, you, uh, your community has sacramental needs. And so, Father Schneider, are you primarily the chaplain of the order, or is it just, you know, the pastor of Christ the King, or, or any priest that you stumble across? <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, so for the, for the public association, uh, the bishop has um, uh, assigned me as the chaplain, and so, you know, that would be um, predominantly the, the spiritual and sacramental needs for the community. Beautiful. Now, now, Sister, you mentioned um, that within your prayer life that one of the things you do is the... Uh, is the chanting of, of the Divine Office uh, using Gregorian chant. And so I'm wondering, you know, both in your uh, particular life as a religious, as well as your work in the apostolate of teaching children, have you found that beauty has 
a role to play both within your spiritual life and in the life of education? Um, yes, definitely. So the role of beauty, especially in Montessori education, um, becomes really like a central, a central piece. And so I love the term simple beauty. And so all of our Montessori classrooms are very simple. If you would walk in, the walls are almost bare. But it's really to draw the child into the essence of what is going on. And so, for example, um, I, I love the fact that, you know, choice artwork is placed in the rooms or that music is very um, chosen with, with great care and with great love. And so even in our community, Gregorian chant, really going to, like, the roots, you know, if you think of mm-hmm. the early church and, and what they would have prayed and what they would have sung, you know, and we can offer that beauty also to our children in the Montessori environment through small ways that they might not even know. <laughs> they say mm-hmm. that the child becomes sensitive to art at about age five. So just mm. think what you could place in front of them, to, like the mystery you could give them just by looking at like Fra Angelico's Annunciation, for example, or, or ways you could instruct them through beauty. And so, yes, definitely I find that that's really a central point, um, not only of how we live as a community, but also of Montessori education. That's beautiful. That's beautiful. No pun intended with that, by the way. <laughs> you know, and uh, you know, one thing that I have noticed, and the reason I bring up this question is that I've noticed, you know, in our American culture that we tend to kind of put beauty in kind of this extra category, like, well, it's nice, but it's not really uh, important. We have a tendency to kind of sterilize everything. And I think Probably the greatest victim of that is our education. You think of a classroom, it's uh, you know, pretty straight rows, white walls, and just straight up information. Um, and so that's why I asked that question as to you know, how important really is this uh, to the proper development, development of a child. Um, right. So the whole, the whole room um, is there for the child, right? We prepare all the environment for the child. So with them in mind, we are always thinking of the simple beauty. Beautiful, beautiful. Um, Sister, this is Lori. Um, I was wondering, Mm -hmm. what is the response from uh, the public and and Father uh, Nick? Are are they, like, curious, or are they like, wow, we have to get this? (laughs) So, as far as education is is concerned, or the... Yeah, just the whole the whole aspect of taking this in because I'm just like, wow, this is incredible, and it's in North Dakota, right. <laughs> right? And I mean, how beautiful and how humble, you know, that our bishop has begun this public association here because Maria Montessori had desired a religious order for many many years, and so as soon as it was made public, we received word and um, like heartfelt congratulations and prayers all the way from Australia, Indonesia. Canada, Ireland, even Wales. Um, so the whole Montessori community is elated. They're elated. So, Father? Hmm. Father, we, yeah, have, we have... I would, go ahead, Father. Go we ahead. have about a minute. Well, I was going to say, and locally, the, the um, I would say, even to the Montessori method, has, there's been really, I think, a tremendous in, uh, interest. Our school um, typically has a waiting list uh, as long as 100 people... For, for openings, maybe we have ten to ten to fifteen new openings each year, and so we're we're really not even able to accommodate all of the needs of the people who are interested in this education. 
Wow, this is wonderful. Yeah, well, our time is coming to a close here, and we sure can continue this for another half hour, hour, um, in talking about the aspects and the age range of for the children and also um, for um, the need for people to come and assist to help teach. And we're going to turn this back over to Therese uh, at the board there, and she is going to give us a preview of what's coming up tomorrow. Yeah, thank you, Lori. So on the next Real Presence Live, that's tomorrow from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Hosts Jock Daniel and Karen Gibis will be coming to you live from the Mustard Seed in Catholic in Rapid City. Dr. Bill Morose will be on to talk about ministry amid compounding pandemics. Then Annie Daniel will share a way you and your family can explore nature and the Catholic faith. All that and much more is coming up on the next Real Presence Live. And that's on Thursday from 9 to 11 a.m. Central. Wow. Thank you, Therese. Um, sounds like an awesome day tomorrow, too. Lots of information to take in there. And Father Luger, thank you. Um, uh, Sister Kara, if you're there, thank you very much for being on. Father Nick, thank you for thank joining you. us today. So, blessings. Father uh, Nick, would you give us a little bit of a blessing uh, before we, before Father Luger and I close out here, please? Of course. The Lord be with you. And with, with your spirit. spirit. Eternal Father, I beg you to shower your blessings upon all of the listeners to Real Presence Radio. Fill them with the joy of knowing Christ. Draw them closer into his embrace. Fill them with light, love, peace and safety. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thank you. God bless and peace be with both of you. So, Father Luger, Mm -hmm. are you uh, ready and up and willing to do this one more time? Oh, of course. Awesome. <laughs> well, we're going to have Father Luger on again. He's great. He's, he's got that voice and he's got that knowledge, and we're going to make use of it. Sounds good to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you've been with us on Real Presence Live here, and uh, this is another show coming to an end. Thank you for being with us, and we hope to see, hear, and see from, hear from you and see you again. Sorry. <laughs> Many Christmas blessings. This has been Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence Live brings you inspirational stories of faith and a look at the good and holy things happening in our local area. Weekday mornings from 9 to 11 Central. Tune in for an encore of each show beginning Saturday morning at 6. Get the podcast any time of day or night at yourcatholicradiostation.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And remember, you can be a part of the conversation through Facebook and Twitter. Real Presence Live, local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network.